Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Section, a podcast brought to you by The Ride News. My name is Carl Pascal. Join alongside me, as always, Dylan Manfrey. And then, uh, as the same as last week, uh, Jacob Tiger joining us again. And we have another new writer uh, here with us on the pod, uh, Trey Wright, uh, another writer for us at uh, at The Rider News, who writes sports for us, has been doing a lot of uh, men's soccer coverage this year for us. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, Trey. Oh. Hi, my name is uh, Trey Wright, and I'm a freshman uh, from the Shannock Station, New Jersey, graduate uh, graduate of Somerville High School. So uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Of course, of course. And we've got a lot to talk about on the podcast today. Uh, a couple teams and uh, a couple different sports coming down to the wire uh, here at the end of uh, this fall sports season uh, here at Ryder University. And to kick it off on the podcast, we're going to switch it up and do field hockey first. Uh, for today. So I'm going to pass it on over to both Dylan and Jacob, uh, who've been doing uh, a great job of covering uh, the team this year. Jake, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Four teams make the NEC playoffs. Ryder's currently in fourth. If Ryder gets into that spot, do you think they pull out a win and go to NEC championship game? Uh, That is a a great question, Dylan. If they do get and I'm assuming it would have to be with the fourth seed, and that that would be. A it game would be against, with the fourth seed. That would be against Fairfield first round, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's the thing. This team has so much talent, and their their roster is great. It's just the the injuries at goalkeeper, of course, uh, do not help. And then just this, despite all their talent and how how good they are in offense, they just never show up for these big games. Um, like aside from the, the goalkeeper injuries, they've been scoring one zero goals, like, like one goal or, or zero goals in, in some of these bigger games. Uh, I don't know with what we've seen so far, it, it doesn't seem likely, but I'm also, I wouldn't be surprised if this team was able to pull it together and, 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 uh, coach Asong was able to to get all these pieces to click together at the very end and, and uh, get the team back on track. You know, Lori Husong, obviously a very experienced coach. You know, Ryder has two games left against Sacred Heart and a season finale against Columbia, non-conference game, which it's always going to be a thing with me. I it's Field hockey is one of those sports where you can throw random um, games in, like, you know, a non-conference game to end the season, kind of awkward, if you ask me. But Sacred Heart, as your last non-conference game, that's a huge one. And Ryder definitely has a chip on its shoulder. It's a win-in-your-in scenario. And Sacred Heart doesn't have star goalie Haley Power anymore. She graduated. Last season, we all know what happened. Haley Power stops a 1-0, stops a 1-0 game, stops Ryder in the penalty shootout. Ryder had 35 shots on goal that game. None went in. And the quote from Lori Husong after that game, I remember vividly was, quote, anytime you have 35 shots on goal, something should go in. And nothing did. What Ryder does not want to happen is that type of scenario to happen on Thursday, October 28th at Ben Cohen Field, mind you. Last year, it was at Sacred Heart. Now it's on your home turf. I do also think, Jake, the goalie situation is very, very concerning at this point. You've had six games now without starting goalkeeper Kalen Tomas. 
Lori Husong is has to start to reckon with reckon with the possibility that Kalen Tomas might be out for the season. You got games yeah. on October 28th, and then three days later at Columbia um, at a 6 p.m. game. Weird start time. But you got two games left. She's missed her last six. Carly Fulton's been playing with a nagging injury. You know, Lori, Lori Husson described that as her being a little banged up. Might be more than that. But it's what, what I saw against St. Francis was that Carly Fulton was at least available. She was at least dressed in goalkeeper gear. And she ended up coming in late in the game with like a minute left, replacing Brooke Gobeski mm-hmm. with – to uh to take the stroke attempt or to defend the stroke attempt, albeit it went in, um, and that's how St. Francis scored its one goal. But Carly Fulton still went in. Can she play a little more? That's a question you got to ask yourself if you're Lori Husong. You know, you obviously don't want to overdo it with her. You want you want to be very very cautious. But you right. know, Brooke Gobeski, she's not doing that bad for herself. You know, yeah. I, you know she. Her first game, I think, um, it was against. I think it was against Bryant, right, Jake? Yeah, that was her first start, I believe. Well, um, no, no, no. Um, what was the game before that? I think the, I think her first start was against Lehigh. Right. No, no, no. Because she started. Oh no! You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Bryant was a blowout. So Fulton only had to play the first three quarters, and then Golbeski went in at the end, and then um, she yep, started right. against Lehigh. Yeah, yep. you're right. Yeah. So it's been it's been rather interesting, to be honest with you. The, the goalie dynamic <clears throat> in the beginning of the season, we thought they had a lot of depth at the position, and they do. Carly Fulton's a solid goalie. Yeah. You know, absolutely. She, she's a solid option, but now you're really having to use it. We were talking about it in the beginning of the season, not thinking that they would. And here they are, three goalies deep on their third-string goalie, Brooke Golbeski. She's inexperienced, but now she has some games under her belt, which is good. It shows that she has some confidence. Even coming into this season, Kaitlyn Tomas wasn't the most experienced either. You got to remember, last season, the shortened season when they only played six games, that that was her first full season at goalkeeper you know what I, you know what i mean the yeah. year before that she was backing up lena van dan and jillian gunn you know obviously jillian gunn never really played you know kaylin tomas that year was the third string now she goes from third to number one and you only have six games in that's not a lot mm-hmm. but she did very well nec champion nec champion brings you bring your team to an ncaa tournament but yeah, that's that, that's all you need but yeah I I think these last two games are going to be very crucial for Ryder. And I do believe that Lori Husson needs to possibly reckon with that Caitlin Tomas is out for the season. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, Coach Husson is trying to be extra cautious with the, the end of the regular season here because, like, um, you've had Fulton out. But Golbeski has – been able to hold her own with with Fulton now and you definitely feel more comfortable uh in the playoffs with Fulton there so I wouldn't be surprised if unless things got really desperate with a, a loss or two at the end of the season um I wouldn't be surprised if Kobeski finished out the the season and then Fulton came back for the playoffs um 
that's an option too. Yeah, and Golbeski has been uh, really not that bad against Lehigh. That was her first start, and Lehigh is a great team, so she she let up three goals. But against some of these teams that Ryder has left, I can I can see her only letting up two goals, one goal, and then it's up to Ryder's strength, their offense to 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 carry them because if if they can't if they can't pull through in these uh these not as well the the opponents at the end of the schedule here aren't they're they're strong but they're not as good as some of the teams that they're going to have to face in the playoffs so if they can't come through here then uh they won't be able to come through in the playoffs and uh we'll, we'll see what this team's really made of yeah, I agree. I think the offense needs to be clicking on all cylinders. I think you're gonna need <coughs> you're gonna need progression from your top three seniors, Carly Brocious, Tess Van Omren, and Julia Devora, especially. I was surprised Julia Devora didn't get a goal in the game against St. Francis. I really, really was. Usually, I think in the last few games it's been Devora picking up the pieces a little bit. Um when yeah. the offense has been slacking, but you can't always rely on Julia Devora, even though she is the conference leader in goals. Right. Julia Devora can't always be relied on. She can't always be the number one option, even though she is. Let's be very, very clear about that. She is. You know, you need that production from Carly Brocious and Tess Van Omeren too. Yeah, that's that's something I noticed with this team is that um, the better teams that have good defenders, they'll they'll key on uh, Julia and and Carly on offense, and then. It, to kind of just take them out of the game and then uh the other players aren't really able to step up i, I feel like sometimes uh whether it's just the roster itself or with with the game plan that this team can be a little too top heavy sometimes uh, relying too much on on carly brocious and julia devora um couldn't agree so, more yeah so uh if if they're gonna at least have potential to be a championship team this year, they're going to have to uh, demonstrate a little bit more depth um, uh, on both sides of, of the field, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's, especially with the goalie situation, that's, it's definitely a tough spot. Um, there's, there's another team, uh, the women's soccer team, we'll get to later uh, in the podcast, who's having their, some goaltending situations. I think we should talk about women's soccer now. Do you want to talk about that I want to now? talk about some women's soccer now because let me tell you something, guys. Women's soccer is in a pickle. They're yeah. In a real pickle. That's, they are in a sticky situation. Bro, and let me, I, need to, I need to ask you, what do you do in the MAC if you don't have a goalie? Okay. So as far as I'm aware, from what I read earlier, for, the, for some reason now I cannot find – the the rule although i did see it earlier the mac right now has a has a rule <laughs> in place that you cannot put a position player in net for your team if you have no goalies left on left to left to be able to play which rider could very well be in that spot in their final game of the season which des- which could very well decide their season if they make the playoffs or not on on the 27th on wednesday uh, the day this goes out and it's, it's not looking good to say the least. So Ryder Ryder comes off of a loss on the 23rd on Saturday, this past Saturday 
uh, four to nothing against Quinnipiac. It was senior day. Um, of course, the seniors got to celebrate and everything like that. It was a, a great occasion for all of them. But Quinnipiac just decides to say, hey, no, we want the spotlight and and win the game for nothing. And it was it was a rough game. It was a rough game. First goal off of PK. Not much Rachel Ross and goal can really do about that. Um, and then on the third goal of the game, she makes she tries and makes a dive for the ball, hits her back against the post, and was laying on the ground for a few for a, a few minutes. I think it was around three or four minutes, uh, lying face face down on the ground, holding her back. Um, trainer had to come out onto the field, make sure she was okay. She ended up staying in the game, but was was in a lot of pain for the rest of the game. It seemed like constantly holding her back, stretching her back, and it didn't look good. It didn't look good. Um, Ryder would lose four nothing, like I said, and now the team has to see if Ross is going to be able to play on Wednesday. If she can't play. Uh, Coach Hounsom literally said they will not play the game. They will have to forfeit the game against Iona. And how if they if they do get to that, how would that implicate their season? Okay, so the way that would impl- implicate their season. So right now they are tied for the final spot in the playoffs, the eighth spot in the playoffs. That's where they're at right now. They are tied with Manhattan for that position. Their records are exactly the same at three, five, and one in the MAC. They both have both have 10 points in the Mac. But Riders coming off of two losses straight. Manhattan just came off of a tie. And Manhattan is playing Mammoth on Wednesday. Which is Mammoth is the top seat in the conference at 7-1-1, one one, who's the toughest team to beat in the division or in the conference. And Ryder, when they were a lot more healthier, uh, tied against Mammoth. Earlier in the season, they tied against them, which is a huge, uh, huge game for them to tie in. But what this could mean for the season, so there's a couple scenarios. And I know, Dylan, you were saying earlier uh, before the podcast, how like, you never thought you'd be debating about uh, Mac women's soccer playoff scenarios. Usually you talk about it's, basketball. It's usually the basketball scenarios. The Mac men's basketball is drunk. They are notorious for having like a four or five way tie. Yeah. My, freshman, my freshman year, ask Austin Ferguson, like, there was, like, a four-way tie for first. Or, like, no, it was, like, a four-way tie for second or something. I don't yeah. know. There was a there was a big tie. I yeah. just remember that. So, we could have a tie to end uh, the season as well for women's soccer. If Ryder wins, they <sighs> basically they, – they are in a sense. So, I'll, I'll explain it because there's a couple different scenarios. So if Ryder wins and Manhattan loses, Ryder makes the playoffs. If Ryder wins and Manhattan wins, it goes to whoever won in the season series between those two. And Ryder won uh, again, uh, against Manhattan earlier in the year in a double overtime goal by Chloe Fair. That was the first one of the two she scored back-to-back. And if Ryder loses and Manhattan wins, Ryder's season is over. If both teams lose it still goes to whoever won in the season series, which would be Ryder, and they would make the playoffs. So there's only really one scenario where Ryder cannot make the playoffs. So in, in essence, the odds are in their favor, right? 
how big will Chloe Fisher have to play in order for Ryder to really, I guess, survive? Well, it's not just Chloe Fisher. It's the whole team. That too. They're still without a, they're still really without their true defense. They, they really are. And they're, they're missing a lot of defenders. Um, they're missing, like we talked about, their, their goaltenders are both hurting right now. Ellie Shanklepore out for the rest of the season uh, after an injury against uh, Marist. Uh, Rachel Ross having to step in to take over for her. And then she gets hurt last game against Quinnipiac. And who knows if she's going to be ready to play or even at full strength on, on Wednesday. And with a defense already reeling from injuries and the rest of the team reeling from injuries, how much can this team really do to get into the playoffs? That's the big question. And it, it all is really going to come down to a test of strength and a test of will from the team. If they can rely on the backs of their big players and hope that Ross is at least at 90% or even a little bit more than that, or hopefully she's able to play, I would say, um, then they should be able to, to make the playoffs. But there's only one scenario where they cannot make it. And who knows what could happen? Manhattan could pull a, a, a shocker and beat, and beat Mammoth. Shout because out Mammoth, Pete Janney. Ex- shout out Pete Janney. But, but Mammoth, I think they, I it, honestly think it, Manhattan may have a shot because Mammoth probably won't play their starters. It's the last game of the season. They already clinched the top of the division. They don't need to play any, any of their starters. Manhattan could have a shot. So Ryder's going to need to play their heart out and put everything they have on the field, whether it's relying on the back of Chloe Fisher, Mackenzie Rodriguez, Ailish Martin on the back end, Rachel Ross and goal, whoever it is on the team. They, they need to find a way to, to get into the playoffs. They essentially control their own destiny in a way. Yes, that's a that's a great way to put it, Trey. And is this uh, so? This it. Where does the Io if the, the Iona game if they cannot play is uh, this uh, scenario coming from? Like if Iona is forfeited or just the Iona game doesn't matter. So if Ryder forfeits against Iona, they automatically lose the game. Then they need to have Manhattan lose. That's the only scenario where Ryder could get into the playoffs. But then if they do, they need Rachel Ross to be healthy in the playoffs, which is the next, which I'm pretty sure the first playoff game is on Halloween, which is four days later. So, yeah. And go ahead. uh, So if they beat Iona, then does this not matter or how does this work? Just for uh, listeners. So if they beat Iona, then they're pretty much guaranteed in. To the playoffs because even if Manhattan wins and Ryder, so if Ryder beats Iona and even if Manhattan finds a way to beat Mammoth, Ryder will still win because it will go to whoever won the season series and that was Ryder against Manhattan. So if they if Ryder wins, they're guaranteed in. If both teams lose, Ryder is guaranteed in. The only scenario where they can't, where the Bronx can't make it, is if Manhattan wins and Ryder loses. That's the only way that they could fall out. But who knows? Anything can happen because it's the Mac. 
That's that's the we're best the saying I have. It's we're the Mac. We're the Mac. It's it's that's the anything same. can happen just because we're the Mac. We're the drunken sailor of the NCAA, essentially. <laughs> Honestly, that's not a bad way to put it. That's not a bad way to put it. But uh, but either way, uh, let's move over to uh to some men's soccer now. Uh, and Trey's been doing a great job of uh covering this this year, uh, as well as Jake too. Um, but go ahead and try uh, and take it away from here with the men's. All right, thank you very much. Let me just uh, put this on on mute. So a lot has happened in uh, men's soccer. Let me just pull up their uh, record real quick. I believe they're seven five and two. Yep, they're seven five and two. It, in the words of Ty Moore, from when I interviewed him in the game after after Fordham, it's been a roller coaster season for the men's t- a soccer team. Uh, quite a few, t- uh, quite a few, or a couple of ties, I should say. A couple of heartbreaking losses. A couple of like just really exciting nail biters to the end. A lot of uh, scrappy physical play. But hey, it's men's college soccer. Where are you going to expect? But it is. It has been one heck of a season for the Bronx, and they uh, play Iona on uh, Wednesday, the twenty seventh. That should be a good game. But and then I saw Adele Almasud, one of the sophomore midfielders, if I'm not uh, not mistaken, was named. Uh, I can find it here. Was it rookie of the week? Right. Yep, rookie of the week. I think we all just said it at once. Like we yeah, all. We did. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was officially called. And I didn't want to like call it. It's nice to know we're all looking at the air. So, but yep, Adele Almasud. Uh, he has been absolutely. Uh, He's been one of the key components for this uh, Bronx men's team. Obviously, Zachy Alibu. I mean, what is not to say he has been one of the top players? He's, if I'm not mistaken, he's uh, one of the top scorers in uh, the MAC for men's soccer in general. Uh, period. So I think he's tied right now for first place in uh, in the MAC for goals, which is insane. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it is like I, I sound like a broken record, but it has been a very interesting season. They are coming off of two straight wins, uh, win at home against Fairfield with a one four to three, and then a game on the road against Kansas. I have no Canisius. idea. Canisius. It's Canisius. Canisius. Thank you very much. So a win a four one again uh, on the road at Canisius. So interesting. Th- interesting thing here is that the Bronx have not. Uh, won more than two games in a row they are still looking for three in a row and against this iona team i'm not sure what their record is let me pull it up right now for you yep let me see if i can uh pull yeah, it up six, really seven quickly and two thank you so uh i want to say it's definitely not going to be an easy game it's definitely not going to be an easy game i mean it's sports ball. You never know what's going to happen. We, we just saw the Buffalo Sabres just beat the Tampa Bay Lightning five to one. Yeah. Like I minutes mean, ago. Yeah. Anything can happen in sports. It, it, like you said, it's sports ball. Anything can happen. I mean, that's why you got it. That's why you got to play the game and figure everything out. More than that. Yep. We are, like I said, we are the drunken sailor of the NCAA. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, they seem to be doing a lot better at home. They're five, five, and one uh, at Ben Cohen Field on the road. It's a different story. They've only won uh, twice on the road, and they have lost four games, uh, including that uh, most or like uh, the second most recent one against Marist, where Ty Moore got a red card, where they had to play shorthand. And I asked uh, Charlie Inverso after the game, and he said like it was just hard for them to play shorthand, especially at that stage in the game where everybody's just uh, somewhat tired, never or especially tired. 
because it was towards like the uh, end of the first half. So they just, it can't be that, uh, doing stuff like that, like uh, taking red cards and playing shorthand, especially at this uh, point in the season with only three regular season games left. Yeah, and they're uh, they're actually third in the in the conference right now, um, right behind Mammoth and Maris, who are both Mammoth's five and two, Maris is five two and one. Ryder is four two and one. If if Ryder wins against Iona, they would jump Mammoth and be second in the conference, which is a huge wow. huge step for this men's team. Um, they've looked very good. They've looked very very good so far. Honestly, I think they. They have a pretty good shot at at least, I mean, I would say making it to the semifinals. I mean, obviously, reporters and, and broadcasters curse, so knock on wood. But um, I think they are going to do very well, especially with only three games left against Iona, Siena, and Manhattan. Uh, Siena and Manhattan, uh, Siena's third, uh, third worst in the league. Manhattan is second worst in the league at two, four, and one. Uh, Sienna's two, three, and two. So two, I would say, much easier games to end the season um, for them. And then Iona is really the only tough game they have left, like you said, Trey. And uh, Mac quarterfinals uh, for men's women's for uh, for men's soccer, uh, November seventh. So it's coming up very quickly, just like uh, the women's soccer is. Uh, a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of the fall sports, fall sports are finally uh, starting to wrap up and. We'll get to basketball season soon enough, soon enough. But overall, I, I think the men are uh, definitely going to have a, a good last three games, like they you said, goaltenders. They have goaltenders that are healthy, so that's that's their leg up over the women's team. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really bad for the women's team, honestly. But uh, for the men, I, I think they could potentially make a deep playoff run. But Marist, like we said, that's going to be a tough nut to crack. Yeah, it definitely is. And you were mentioning the goalies. Um, uh, Guelme Vinate, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably butchered the hell out of that. But And then uh, in goal as well, as well as uh, Pablo Guatoins in, in net, both great goalkeepers for the Bronx have been kind of playing a 1A, 1B uh, type situation in goal. Um, and like you said, they're healthy. They're healthy. So um, it's great for them to for one of the teams to actually have a pretty healthy roster. But moving on from men's soccer now, the last sport that we got to talk about today is volleyball. So, Dylan, I'll let you take it away from here. So, volleyball's been really interesting as of late. <clears throat> Ryder, um, they dropped two really bad games against Fairfield and Niagara. And again, in set three of their four-set match against Niagara, you know, Jeff Rotunda pulled a lot of his stars. No Jillian Chan, no Emily Cher in there, to name a few. I think Morgan Romano is still in there just because, like, you need Morgan Romano in there. Let's be right, right, clear. She's Morgan Romano. You just don't take Morgan Romano out. For you can't take Morgan Romano out of any game. Don't take Morgan schedule <laughs> tweet Romano out of the game. Um, <clears throat> but Jeff Rotunda, had, he, he told me, he's like, I'd seen enough. And I was like, all right. You know, you saw enough. Like, he, he just wasn't satisfied with their play with the dating back to the last two sets of the match against Fairfield, <clears throat> where Ryder lost in straight sets, by the way, and then against Niagara, that their first two. <clears throat> so, but then 
Ryder rattles off a resilient five-set win against Canisius, 3-2. They beat Columbia in a non-conference game, 3-1. And then most recently against St. Peter's, 3-0. Now, a real test for them is Marist on October 30th. Maris is, is nine and four in, in Mac play. Ryder is nine and three. Ryder is a pretty good Mac team. They're running through the gauntlet right now. I think I think Fairfield and Niagara with some hiccups. Fairfield obviously very good atop the conference right now. Niagara's in the middle of the pack. So was Canisius. But you know, Maris, <laughs> excuse me. Maris is right there with them, is right with Ryder. Then you got Sienna, and then you got four games. All at Alumni Gym, by the way. So you're going to have your home crowd. And those are going to be very important to win. You got Manhattan, Iona, Canisius, and then Niagara again. So you already have some experience against these teams. You know, you're going to be – you've played all of them once. You don't need to face the Fairfields again. You're getting your last matchup with Marist. And, you know, against Siena the first time, Ryder beat them 3-1 against Marist the first time. Ryder won in five sets, 3-2. <clears throat> against Canisius, 3-2 again. Against Niagara, they lost 1-3-1. However, <coughs> excuse me. However, <coughs> oh, wow. Um, against <laughs> Niagara, you know, 3-1, I think that was a little bit of a fluke. I think the team, you know, it's a long bus ride up. I think multiple things went wrong that day. You know, Jeff Rotondo certainly said it. He said he put his reputation on the line, you know, saying they were well-prepared. But I have Lindsey Frombach on the record saying that, that she felt that they weren't prepared. So go figure when your player says something opposite than your coach. But yeah. knowing Jeff Rotondo, he's an extremely analytical coach. He'll stay up to the wee hours of the morning, like doing game prep. That's not an exaggeration. He was li- he will literally stay up till like 1, 2 a.m. doing game prep, um, you know, when the circumstances, you know, require. But, yeah, that's the type of coach he is. That's the type of, type of team he likes to field. And Riders are a solid team. They can make a solid run in the, NC- in, the, uh, in the MAC tournament. Do I think they'll make the championship? No. But I think they have a shot. You know, I think they'll make a deep run, maybe to the semifinals. You're not getting past Fairfield. Remember, last season, why Ryder made a deep run. Ryder was supposed to play Fairfield in the opening round, but Fairfield had a COVID case, so it knocked him right out of the tournament. Ryder cruises through. So I think you're gonna I think you're gonna have a I think you're gonna have a solid, you know, last <laughs> last five, six games. One, two, three, four, five, six games. Yeah, six. I can, I can count. Um <laughs> You know, <clears throat> Ryder's going to have a solid five, six games. I think you're going to see a lot of production from Morgan Romano and Alicia, the usual suspects. I think you're going to have to see a lot from Tori Schrader. You're going to have to see some production from Jillian Chan. Your usual starters for sure. Um, you know, you're going to – and Ryder has lately has also been getting – seeing a lot from its underclassmen. Christina, Christina Blunt has also been getting some action too. Um, Emma Nota Francesco has been in as well. And also Pamela, she, uh, she's a junior now, but she's been doing really well for herself at the libero position. So I think Ryder's doing just fine. I think you just got to 
get those pieces working in a cohesive unit, especially for these last six games. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that you say you that they don't make the make the finals. I don't think they make the finals, I think that's, but I think they get close. I think, I think that's a bold take. I think that's a bold take. I think um I think that you know a semifinal appearance, definitely. I think it's very realistic to think that this team could go to the semifinals. Do I think they yeah. make the finals? I don't know. You well, it all depends on how it all depends on how the Mac tournament ends up matching up because if they finish in second they won't face marist unless they make the final if you if you don't if you don't face marist I or not marist uh, fairfield excuse me if you don't get fairfield i think you can make the finals if well you then you have to deal with fairfield in the finals right <laughs> do i think they would beat fairfield in the finals that i think mm. the five set match It'd be very close. I think Ryder could take him to four. I think Ryder yeah. could definitely take him to four. Five, I don't know. But I think it, it could that's a match that could end in four. If Ryder, if Ryder gets some really solid play, <clears throat> if Ryder gets some real solid play in the last six games, especially those final four, which are at alumni gym, that's rare that you're ending a season. With four games on your home floor, if Ryder ends the season, you know, with going three and one, four and zero oh in that in those last four at home, I think you're going to be solid heading into the playoffs. It'll be, give this team a really big confidence booster. This team feeds off momentum. Yeah, it, they really do. They really do feed off momentum. Has said numerous times, volleyball is a game of momentum. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. But either way, that's going to wrap it up for uh, for this podcast here. Uh, stay tuned for more podcasts in the future. My name is Carl Pascal, joined alongside by Dylan Manfrey, Trey Wright, and Jake Tiger. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the show today. Have a good one, everyone.